Hey, I'm Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. I've just published a new novel. It's called 100, and you are going to like it. There was a boy who lived alone in a hundred-story tower block in the dirty city. There was a girl who vomited cash. There was a man who had one of those dreams about having a dream. There was an electrical engineer who was in possession of a rare form of sleepwalking. It's weird, it's wild, it's wonderful, it's in paperback and ebook format on Amazon, but hey, you're audio people. So I've made you an audio book available for name your price that's name your price from frankburton.bandcamp.com that's frankburton.bandcamp.com and i know i'm biased because i wrote it but trust me this is going to Welcome to Rag Bag. My name's Frank Burton, a.k.a. Lazarus Newman, I suppose. I suppose I'm still calling myself that. I've got a good story coming up. It's another Noddy story. You know Noddy, my old cellmate, yeah? And some fantastic music, as always. Welcome one and all. Lazarus Newman. Lazarus Newman. What is to be done with Lazarus Newman? of wood with, with string on it really when you relate to it like that made, made by man that certain things can stir your emotions up out of a piece of carpentry or blowing a, a piece of steel pipe and, and making you cry what happens you know within that pipe it's the spirit coming through Thank you. 
blowing a piece of steel pipe and, and making you cry. What happens, you know, within that pipe? You know, it's, it's the spirit coming through. It's So, on one of those long nights in the cell, I was chatting to Noddy about the end of the world, imagining being the last human being alive, driving around a deserted city just for the sake of using up the last of the fuel. I'll tell you what's weird, he said. I'm pretty sure I'd still be using my indicators. I'd be pausing at stop signs and everything. You know why? Force of habit, I said. Partly, perhaps. But more than that, I'd be obeying the rules of the road in case there's someone else lurking round the corner in the same situation as me. Even if I'd already scoured the streets for days, searching for a live companion. There'd still be the possibility that the last two members of the human race end up joyriding round the streets of the post-apocalypse, and if neither of them are careful they'll end up dying in a head-on collision. What a way to go. You'd be the same. You'd indicate. You'd look right on roundabouts. I would, I said. But for a different reason, actually. I'd be using my indicators because it would make me feel like I was driving round a regular corner. It would help keep up the pretense that Armageddon didn't happen. I reckon I could keep it up until I'd achieved a state of total blissful denial. I'd never get lonely because I'd be surrounded by an imaginary society. And because my new society is an imaginary one, I can make it a lot nicer, more supportive, and far less likely to destroy itself. That's what the apocalypse holds for me, my friend. Cloud cuckoo land. I was enjoying this riff so much that for a split second I wondered whether Noddy was simply a character I'd created to keep me sane during solitary confinement. I was, after all, the only person Noddy ever spoke to. Then I remembered how much his snoring kept me awake at night. What should we talk about now, he said. Tell me one of your stories, I said. So... That's what Noddy did. I'll tell you about my first taste of criminal activity, said Noddy. I was a graffiti artist, but not a regular one. I didn't actually break any vandalism laws. I didn't use ink or paint. I used my fingers. I'd sneak out in the early hours of the morning and etch intricate patterns and portraits into the condensation on the city's glass windows, doorways, car windscreens, wherever there was a suitable patch of mist. All temporary fixtures, of course. If the weather didn't destroy my masterpieces, a window cleaner soon would. But not before a few sets of eyes had had the opportunity to marvel at them. Some even took pictures. This was in the days before smartphones and social media, when photography was much less casual. A couple of pictures made the papers, a surrealist landscape 
drawn on the side of an office block was used to illustrate the story about the mysterious glass master. That's what they called me. Good name, eh? Yeah, I like it, I said. The other was a self-portrait I'd fingered onto the back of a transit van. This time the newspaper speculated over the identity of the face in the picture. Is this the face of the glass master? The answer was yes, although no one ever positively identified me as the culprit. I was glad about that. It allowed me to continue working undisturbed. And the fun was just beginning. Winter was coming, which gave me a whole new base for my art. Frost. You'd be amazed at what you can achieve with a fingernail on frosted glass. This was the point at which I began to get a proper cult following. Due to the weather conditions, my pictures lasted a little longer and were harder to destroy. Gangs of art enthusiasts would wander the streets on frosty mornings, determined to discover a glass master creation. Many of them did. A few too many. More than was technically possible. Artwork was being discovered in parts of the city I'd never visited. Ah, copycat, I said. You could call her that, I suppose. She may have been inspired by my actions, but I wouldn't call my rival street artist a copycat. For one thing, she was better than me, more technically skilled, and with bolder ideas. She wasn't pretending to be me, either. She signed off each of her pictures, Jill Frost. It was a predictable alias, and perhaps the least original thing about her. It took a couple of weeks, searching around 5am each morning, but eventually I found her, scratching her latest abstract piece into a newsagent's window. I played it cool. Hey Jill, I said. What makes you think that's my name, she replied, not taking her eyes off the ice. It's an alias, at least, I said, like mine, the Glassmaster. Oh, that's you, is it, she said. Yeah, your stuff's all right. Thanks. I said, I suppose the only problem with calling yourself Jill Frost is, what are you going to do in the springtime? I was thinking of taking three seasons off, she said. This is very hard, you know, with very unsociable hours. I'm glad you said that, I said. You prefer not to have a competitor for the rest of the year, she said. It's not that, I said. I'm thinking of giving it up myself. It's really cold out here. Did you want to get some breakfast or something, she said. There's a place around the corner that opens at six. I almost said no. I'm just here to pass on my regards. But I had been searching for two weeks and she did seem like a nice person. So we went for a coffee. We chatted about art and anonymity and our shared admiration for the TV show Blake's Seven. Remember that? Of course you don't. She was indeed a nice person. We exchanged numbers, but for whatever reason, I never called her and neither did she. Occasionally during the winter months, I'd spot one of her drawings. They always made me smile. Noddy fell asleep. Lo lanzamos para aquellos que conocen la cumbia y les gusta lo realmente rico. 
I drifted off myself thinking about his story and our chat about the end of the world. I dreamt about Jill Frost, the sole survivor of a nuclear event, living in a world plunged into permanent winter, spending her days etching lines into glass. Noddy never told me what she looked like, so my subconscious gave her the face of my ex-girlfriend Heidi. She looked happy.
So I always seem to write about the complexities of life The souls are only night in the seemingly endless fight Between what's easy and what is right The lust, the darkness, and love of light Destined to embrace a bit of bite Because I understand so few the sights that I see And I understand so little what it means to be a human Let alone a human be in this fragile cage of flesh That for years it has seemed to keep me safe But I fear it's only kept me from my dreams If for that this flesh I despise Because too often it's just a disguise Behind for which me to hide As I view the monsoons of crippling lies That have crashed upon the ones I love And a feeling of raging tides It washed away everything that we could hope for with the lies And the truth is I've seen all of us through the creator's eyes and goddamn, we were beautiful. Let's not stop myself to now. So now I write desperately with these hands destined to write. In an attempt to hold on the parts of myself, I fear I've already lost. And the life was small, and we saw it from a distance. If we, if we slept, I expect we wouldn't miss it. But our eyes are wide, and our ears are listening for the, for the truth from the candlelit city. And the life was small, but we saw it from a distance. If we, if we slept. I expect we would've missed it, but our eyes are wide and our ears are listening for the, for the truth from the candlelit city. Yeah, peace often finds me in silence with closed eyelids, shut tight like the gates to hell to hide the whores that lay behind them. And love often pursues me as if it's its only duty, and I turn and run as if I'm no use for truth and beauty. And hope has never left me despite the devil's very best efforts. So I still search for connection, though life has taught me not to. It, and I still pray for redemption As well as all good things to be replenished Perhaps foolish and blind But in time, I've grown to accept that not Everything will be reasoned out and explained Some things they just are And I'm learning that that's okay And I'm learning to let go Of my desire to be fully known Some things need not be spoken For they were for you alone And I'm learning not to pick the wildflowers That I passed along the way Because of my fear of never finding them again I hasten the decay So instead of putting them in the vase or pressing them between the page i watch them dance in the wind and then i pass on giving thanks and the light was small and we saw it from a distance if we if we slept i expect we would have missed it but our eyes are wide and our ears are listening for the for the truth from the candlelit city and the light was small but we saw it from a distance if we if we slept i expect we would have missed it but our eyes are wide and our ears are listening for the, for the truth from the candlelit city And the light was small and we saw it from a distance If we, if we slept, I expect we would have missed it But our eyes are wide and our ears are listening for the, for the truth from the candlelit city And the light was small but we saw it from a distance If we, if we slept, I expect we would have missed it But our eyes are wide and our ears are listening for the for the truth from the candlelit city So I haven't done any promos for other people's podcasts for a while. Let's take some time out here and play a couple of these. Here's a promo for the Mad Scientists podcast.
like podcasts and you like science. Come on, baby, listen to us. Oh my god, is that good? <laughs> yeah, that was that was epic. Listen to the Mad Scientist podcast. On all of your iTunes and other listening things, I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. And we sing. We sing. We sing a lot. We sing for science. Yes. We talk about science. We talk about history. We talk about ghosts and monsters and UFOs and things. And it's a lot of fun. So come learn about ghosts and UFOs and physics and chemistry and a little bit of biology and about economic collapse on the Mad Scientist Podcast. Oh, my God. Very good. I like that. Bravo, Mad Scientist. Go listen to that right after this. Now here's another one. I haven't listened to this one yet. Let's see what the chap who sent this to me has got to say for himself. Hello. What do you mean, hello? What are you trying to do here? Is this supposed to be formal or informal? If you're being formal, say, dear Mr. Burton, something like that. If you're being informal, you're not being informal enough with hello. Go with yo or something. Or just call me by my name, show a bit of respect. All right, he has done that reading on hello, Frank. What do you mean by that? little over-familiar there, mate, using my name like that. Are we friends? I don't think so. Right. He waffles on for a bit. Here's a promo, blah, blah, blah. Pulling Teeth is a weekly podcast trying to encourage creative and comedic productivity in the hosts and anyone listening. Covering the darker comedy side of weekly news events and their own personal lives, the Teeth Pullers come together to laugh, scream and document progress. Yeah. You see what I've got to contend with reading stuff like this out all the time. Pulling Teeth. My God. I wonder what it's all about. Let's play the promo and see. Oh, no, I remember your first joke. I went round his house for, you know, piss about in his garden or whatever. All I saw was them burying dead dogs in the garden. Everyone's clapping, everyone's stamping their feet. And then it just started to burn. Weird show, good show. Can I see the video? Weird show, good show. Can I see the video? Weird show, good show. Can I see the video? Weird show, good show. Can I see the video? There's video footage of it, but it's crap. I wanted it to be a good video, and it was like, no, it's just people screaming. Hey. Fire? That is a fire! We're on fire! Stop singing. They weren't in any danger. They buried the tortoise every year. 45 years! Stop singing. They weren't in any danger. He's quite enjoying that. <laughs> and then there was a big warning from the police. Polonius assault, domestic violence, and giant angry gorilla demon. Power! Power! He killed himself, didn't he? Surprise! Rigor mortis. Watching normal porn. <laughs> what? Companion animal, I imagine, is like a household pet. Watching normal porn. He's a rapist! You're a confident liar. Kill me! Sorry, not sorry, you're gone. We thought you'd find this interesting. Shit about planes! Everyone in the world agrees. Here's someone who thought he was a good person. Bourgeois. Bourgeois. I like people saying horrible things because it gives me the freedom to be worse. Momo? No. No Momo. No, no Momo. I just needed to feel the warm, greasy embrace. You know, just plain vanilla sex penetration. Look, it's a video of Steve masturbating. Finally! Weird show. Good show. Can I see the video? Weird show. Good show. Can I see the video? Weird show. Good show. Can I see the video? Weird show. Good show. Can I see the video? Ah, 
I think it's a big deal in my house. Everything I say is a joke. <laughs> what? Momo? No. No, Momo. No. Momo? No. No, Momo. He raped a kid. I just found it quite funny. Okay, very good. Uh, I think we've gotten off on the wrong foot with the whole hello thing. Let's just forget about that, guys. Let's forget about it, because I've got bigger problems with you now. Pulling teeth. It sounds like a very fun, nicely put together show, but for some reason that I can't quite articulate, I don't like the cut of your jib. And therefore, I can see no other option than to formally announce this is the inception of my first ever podcasting beef. That's right, fellas. I may be vegan, but I got a lot of beef right now. Serious beef. Not happy meal sized beef, we're talking rump steak at the very least. Serious beef better watch your backs that's all i'm saying figuratively speaking obviously i have no plans to physically harm you but i would like to take you down so to speak a few places in the itunes chart or whatever and let me know what you think of this idea i do think it could be uh, mutually beneficial you know as a publicity stunt not that i'm doing this for publicity because I do genuinely hate you, Pulling Tea Podcast. I'm just saying, a bit of beef in the mix could work wonders for the numbers. Remember that I hate you now, and I hope that the feeling is mutual. Thanks, guys.
Once again, this edition is sponsored by Felix Munnery, the saviour of humankind. Felix advises me that a large number of ragbag listeners have officially joined his religion, several of whom have now gone to join him and his 12 wives in their commune in Inverness. I may well have more than 12 wives by the time you read this, he adds with a smiley. Actually, it's a, one of those emojis where the little face is winking at you. Yeah. What else can I say about Felix? Well, the name says it all, really. He is the saviour of humankind. You understand what that means, don't you? Actually, he's created the universe as well, because he's also the physical manifestation of the creator known as the Great Felix. You're following this, right? So, interesting question, Felix. If you created humankind, and you're also the saviour of humankind, who or what are you saving humankind from? Ourselves, possibly? Yeah, I mean, someone really needs to do that. And by the sound of things, Felix is the man or indeed the deity for the job. I mean, I don't pay attention to the news or any of that sort of thing, but from what I can gather, there's all sorts of terrible things going on out there, you know, in the real world. 
all sorts of stuff like you wouldn't believe. Thank God for Felix. Oh, I suppose thanks Felix for Felix. Get used to getting the language right on that one. Here's a good example, unfortunately. A listener has been in touch with some grave news. Karen in Stoke-on-Trent emailed to say, I don't usually listen to your podcast. No problem, Karen. But my son does, or until recently he did. I'm getting in touch for some advice because I understand that's a service you provide. And seeing as my 22-year-old son is a fan of yours, perhaps you'll be able to understand his current mindset a little better than I can. I'll try my best. I will. I will. Karen continues. I'm afraid to say my son has joined a religious cult and has left home without warning and travelled to Scotland. He had £10,000 in savings, which was supposed to be put towards a deposit on a house. That money is now gone, snapped up by the maniac who runs the scam. And because my son donated his money of his own free will, it doesn't count as theft. But money is not the most important thing. I'm fearful for my son's safety, and I just want him back in my life. You see what I mean? Shocking, isn't it? Now, the good news, Karen, is that your son is a ragbag listener. Now, I know that you're not, so let me tell you something about ragbag listeners. They're a dedicated bunch of people. They never miss a second of this show, even when the quality dips a little. I mean, they listen to every single second of Uncle Claude's effort and still came back for more. Extraordinary level of commitment. Which is good because it means even though he's joined a cult, he'll still be listening to the podcast. Even if the rules of his new environment forbid it, he will find a way. So your son will hear what I'm about to say. And I hope you don't mind me doing this, Karen, but I believe in a certain level of tough love being applied in these situations. And we both love him. You love him because he's your son. And I love him because he listens to Ragbag. This kind of makes him like a child of mine as well. Yeah? Here it comes. Tough love. What's his name again? Will. Okay. I'll use his full name because he's in trouble right now. William. Get out of that cult and get a train back to Stoke-on-Trent straight away. You think you're being clever by giving all your money away and scaring your own mother half to death? You're a disgrace, William. An absolute disgrace. Step up and do the right thing. You've been brainwashed. That's no excuse. I've got no sympathy for you whatsoever. Get home now and apologise to your mother. And you know what else your mother mentioned to me on the email? You apparently got the idea for joining this cult when you heard it being advertised on a podcast of all places. An advert on a podcast. Who the hell listens to adverts on podcasts? No one. You know what you should do if you want to pay attention to podcast advertising? Don't join a cult. Get yourself a Squarespace account. Whatever that is. You heard, William. You're an absolute disgrace. Steady on, Frank. Shut up, Lazarus. I've had it up to here with you in your condescending tone. I'm trying to make a difference to a young man's life here. And all you've got to say for yourself is, make sure you speak to him nicely. You don't understand what tough love is, Lazarus, because you're not a real person. You never actually lived out there in the real world. 
And that's why your book is so clumsily written. It's because you're winging it, mate. You're trying to sound smart, but you're not. You can't even see what's right under your nose. Sorry, Karen. Uh, Momentary distraction there. But listen, I really think this tough love thing should do the trick. Keep me posted. Let me know how it goes. In the meantime, keep on listening to Ragbag. Sponsored by Felix Monnery, the saviour of humankind. And as for you, Lazarus Newman, listen to me loud and clear. This isn't tough love because I don't love you. I hate you, Lazarus. I hate you. And your days are numbered. Enjoy the rest of your life while it lasts. I created you and I can just as easily destroy you. You didn't hear that, did you, listeners? Um, Lazarus just said in my head, just for my benefit, three simple words, bring it on. (laughs) I'm going to have to do something about this, listeners. It is getting out of hand. Watch out for the next episode. I have a feeling in my bones it's going to be slightly momentous. And perhaps not everyone will make it out alive.
getting a degree Majoring in botany But she's not on a full ride She's got her own business on the side Cause she's got a PhD
Thank you for listening thank you one and all our facebook page is ragbag podcast i am on twitter as well my handle is ragbag frank my website address is frankburton.co.uk my two books are first of all a history of sarcasm which is a short story collection and it's very good a novel called 100 which is excellent 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 there's an audiobook version of that on Bandcamp. get that get it all sort yourselves out i'll see you next time And as I say, next time will be a momentous experience for all concerned. Won't it, Lazarus? is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.